0: Today is a day when we remember Jesus' resurrection. You know, every, every day should be a remembrance of his resurrection because the fact that he lives and the fact that he lives in us. And it makes a difference to us. And we're going to take a look at that today. First, I want, to, I want to just read part of the Easter story to you from Luke, the 24th chapter, beginning at the first verse. Now, on the first day of the week... He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. You know, as we think about and remember the story of Jesus' resurrection, we realize that from this point on, what he does is he begins to reveal himself to people. You know, he begins to show himself. The Bible says that over a period of time, he actually revealed himself at one point to 500 men. 500 at one time. So we don't know the, the whole number. And I always say this, and this is something for me personally, but, but, you know, it's something to think about. You know, if you think Christianity is kind of a myth... And you think it's kind of, well, it's a nice story, and I don't know. It sounds kind of far-fetched. You know, if if that's your philosophy, think about this. Who would follow a man? And who would give their life for somebody if it was a myth? You know, there was over 500 people saw Jesus after the resurrection. If it was a lie, wouldn't you think somebody would have stood up and said, this is just a hoax. this is just a lie what are we What are we trying to do? But you know, there was all kinds of people that gave their lives for this man, this risen savior. you know I don't think people would have given their lives if they thought it was a joke or a hoax that's That's just me. I don't think that would have happened, and so I think you know we can see that you know, yes, Jesus rose again and and over five hundred people actually saw him in a risen state, a risen, resurrected body. And Jesus then began to appear to people. He began to make himself known to people. You know, we have a story that goes on after this. It's a story of two men who are walking on a road to Emmaus, and they're just walking along, talking to their disciples. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes alongside to them and starts walking with them. And he talks to them for a while, and and, you know, at first they didn't even realize who he was. They're, they're just kind of talking about what's been happening, you know, just chit chatting. And Jesus kind of joins in the conversation. And they're walking along and they didn't realize it was him. But the Bible says that all of a sudden their eyes were open. All of a sudden their eyes were open and they understood. And then Jesus vanished away. And what a, what a kind of a neat story, you know. They're walking along and all of a sudden their eyes are open. And I, I personally believe that God opened their eyes. You know, I believe that God opened their eyes so they could see. And then when they saw him, Jesus vanished. And he was gone. And so these two, you know, after this happened to them, they're, they're probably pretty taken back by it. Pretty excited maybe, maybe. Maybe, I don't know what all is going on. You know, they're probably wondering themselves what's going on. And the Bible says that these two, then, they ran to Jerusalem to tell the disciples. I mean, you can't, I don't know, can you imagine that they want to go and say, hey, look, we we talked to the Lord, we saw him. You know, I don't know what's going on, but, you know, he, he talked to us. And so then later on in Luke 24, beginning at the 36th verse, we now see some of the things that Jesus said to his disciples. And it says, now as they said these things, Jesus stood in the midst of them, and he said, peace to you. So when they go back and they start to tell the disciples what had happened, Jesus now is in the midst of them. And I believe the reason he says peace to you is because he didn't want them to get scared. He goes, peace to you, it's okay. It's me. But it says they were still terrified and frightened because they thought maybe it was a ghost. You know, they're still kind of, they're not sure what's going on. They think maybe it's a ghost. And Jesus said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as I have. Jesus came back to them in a resurrected body. It was a body resurrected body now it was just an ordinary body because he came and went he vanished he he appeared and suddenly disappeared but he was still a body tried to figure that one out you know that's that's almost that's beyond comprehension to a lot of a lot of us because you know he came he appeared right there and then he said feel my hands and look it's me and when he said this he showed them his hands and his feet but while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it, and he ate in their presence. And I think he did that to show this is a resurrected body, okay? And, and by the way, that's what we're going to get, a resurrected body. In the resurrection, we're going to get a resurrected body, you know? It's going to be better than when you got. This one will have a guarantee with it. You know, this is when the warranty will be good. Okay. And so then he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law and the Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Again, he opened their understanding. I believe that the the Spirit of God came and opened their understanding helped them to see and remember the things He had spoken. I believe that God will do that for us. That when we seek Him, He will open our understanding. He will open our eyes. He will help us to see. He wants us to see. He doesn't want to hide from us. He doesn't want us not to know. But He wants us to know. And so then Jesus, in 46, He says, Then He said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So Jesus then, he says, remember, it was necessary for me to suffer and to die and to rise from the dead on the third day. I was, this morning in Sunday school, and you you can just think with me for a minute, and I, I don't know, but, you know, I think as Christians, sometimes the, res, the, the death on the cross had to happen. I mean, you couldn't have a resurrection if you didn't have a death. Okay? I always say this. People say, boy, I'd like to see somebody raised from the dead. Well, just remember, somebody has to die for that to happen. <laughs> you know? So I don't know if we have any volunteers, but, you know, um, think about it, you know. Sometimes the things we want, there has to be something you go through to get there. Jesus had to die on a cross. He had to suffer and die for there to be a resurrection from the dead. And, you know, the disciples, what did the disciples want to do? The disciples wanted to say, oh, no, don't suffer. Oh, that's not, you can't, don't suffer, you know. Isn't that what we say? Oh, Lord, don't make me suffer. Just let it be glorious. Just let me walk in the resurrection. Don't. Oh no. Let's bypass the suffering. Let's bypass the suffering. But that's not. That's not the way it is, and that's not what Scripture says. Jesus had to suffer and die, to rise again on the third day. Sometimes I believe as Christians we need to step from the death and resurrection, and really understand that that was part of, but that the victory came in the resurrection. Victory comes in the resurrection. Victory comes in Jesus rising from the dead, and He wants us to walk in that resurrection power. He wants us to walk in that, and He He begins to share that with the disciples. And then, what does He say in in verse forty nine? He says, "Stay here in Jerusalem." He says, "Don't just just hang out, tarry, just." Don't don't run off, just stay in Jerusalem and tarry. He says, because I want to send the promise my Father upon you, and you will receive power from on high. Jesus now says to his disciples, he says, you know, my resurrection power, I want you to receive. And he says, you need to stay here in Jerusalem until you receive that power. Turn to Romans, the eighth chapter, the tenth verse. Romans eight, ten. It says, And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. And if Christ is in you, oh, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Interesting. Jesus told his disciples, he says, go to Jerusalem and just stay there. He said, well, they were in Jerusalem. He says, stay here, tarry until I send my Holy Spirit. In Romans 8th chapter, it says that the same spirit which raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. In us. What we celebrate today, what we remember today, dwells in us and is with us all the time what difference should that make? What difference should that make that we have the very same spirit, not another spirit, not one kind of like, but it says the very spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. How would that change my life if I really believed that? How would I change my life if I really believed that? What difference would it make? what difference would it make? I believe it would make all the difference in the world. I believe it would change everything. Number one, I believe it changes things for us personally. I believe if, if I realize that the same Spirit that Jesus from the dead dwells in me, it changes how I think. It changes how I think. It changes how I look at life. It changes how I look at the things around me. Do I see the things around me as defeated? I'm defeated. Everything's, oh my goodness, where are we going? The world's going to hell in a handbasket. We're all doomed. It's terrible. It can be terrible. can be terrible. A lot of terrible things around us. But what difference would it make if I really believed that the same spirit that raised Jesus from dead dwells in me? What difference would it make? What difference would it make at how I see things, how I perceive things? In John the 14th chapter, John the 14th chapter, beginning of, or the twelfth verse. It says, Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. It's a very troubling verse, if you really get to thinking about it. Jesus said that the very works that he did, we would do. Now, we can sit and we can read the scriptures, and we can look at what Jesus did, You know, Jesus forgave people. He healed people. He raised them from the dead. You know, he set them free. He delivered them from Satan's power. But Jesus said that the very works that he did, we should do also. Why? Why? Because he knew that he was going to put the same spirit that raised Jesus from his dead in his people. That same possibility lives with us and if we think about that it's almost overwhelming sometimes and again number one how should it change how I think how should it change how I see things how should it change how I see my potential I can't do anything I'll never amount to anything oh woe is me life is so hard Life isn't fair. Life isn't fair. You know? Life is cruddy. But if I realize that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, how does it change that? I believe it brings hope to a hopeless world. Does anybody realize we live in a hopeless world? What's the hope of the world? What's the world got out there to give you that'll give you any hope? Watch the news. Does it, you know, is it anything you ever, you know, very seldom do you hear anything on TV that gives you hope. Once in a while, once in a while you might find a, a nice story or something that gives you hope. But where does anybody get any hope? Because I believe we're, we're living so much in a defeated time. And the danger is the church is defeated. The danger is that God's people begin to think like that. And so we also then have nothing to offer because we don't believe that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. So we have nothing to offer. And so when somebody says, what do you think? You're, oh, I don't know. It looks pretty bad. Yeah, you're right if the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, we have the hope of the world. We have the hope of the world. And the expectation is that we're going to do the things that Jesus did. That's God's expectation. Jesus said those words. Now, you and I can go, well, I don't see how he's going to use me. You can say whatever you want. I'm telling you, Jesus said that that's his expectation. That the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us and he expects us to do the works that he did and greater works. Yeah, think about it. Well, think about this. When Jesus came to this earth and went around and did what he did, he was one man. One man doing the work that God sent him to do. When Jesus died and rose again and had disciples that followed him, He now has thousands of people doing the works that he did. Greater, greater works. Why? Because now it's a church. It's a people. You know, it's called the army of God. It's called lots of different things in Scripture. But it's it's greater because there's more. There's more. It is now in us. In us. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. In Matthew, the fifth chapter, the 13th, starting to the 13th verse. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. But you are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. You're the one that's going to make a difference. You're the one that's going to change the flavor of things. Salt changes things. You know, just try it sometime. Try your French fries without salt. You know, try food without salt. People on salt-free diets, they hate it. It's awful. You know, sometimes you get there, you have to do it. But food without salt is awful. We're the salt of the earth. We're to change things. We're to change the flavor of things. Wherever we go, we're to change things. Whether it's work, wherever it's at, your very presence, you know, wherever you're at should change the atmosphere. We need to change things. We're the salt of the earth. Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. Dwells in us. I don't know about you, but I think think God would look down sometimes and think, oh my, such potential going to waste. Such potential going to waste. They could change the world if they would just speak up. They could change the world if they would just trust me. They could change the world if they just let me work through them. Because I believe believe it's up to us. I believe that when Jesus left, he said to his disciples, I give you the keys to the kingdom. I believe the keys to the kingdom belong to us. I believe we have the authority. You know, it's kind of like the car. Your dad gives you the keys to the car, you have the right to drive the car. You know, he gave you the keys. Jesus says, I give you the keys of the kingdom. It's yours. I believe if we look around us and we say, how, what's going on and how bad things are? I believe we only have one place to point our finger. It's the church. I believe it's the church. I believe that's why the Bible says, if my people will humble themselves and pray, because I believe the responsibility lands on the church. And when we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, I believe God says, you know, repent. You know, turn around, trust me, trust me. Let me work through you. Let my spirit work through you. You, you know, he doesn't say do this on your own. He doesn't say figure it out. He says, wait until I send my spirit. to disciples, wait. And he says to us, wait until you receive my spirit because he's going to give you power. The Bible says then, well, how long do you wait? You know, you think, well, let's just keep waiting. No, it says, won't he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? He told the first disciples to wait. I believe he says to us, he says, ask, ask. And if we ask, he will give us this spirit. It says, what father wouldn't give you a good gift? You know, your earthly father, if you ask for a fish, he won't give you a stone. You know, if he asks for bread, he won't give you a stone. You know, he's not going to. If he asks for a fish, he's not going to give you a scorpion. You know, how much more is your heavenly Father going to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? We ask, and we trust, we believe. God gives us Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It dwells in us, dwells in us, so that we can make a difference. The life of God is in us. In John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and that you may have life more abundantly. More abundantly. He rose from the dead and has victory. He, He is life. And he gives us life. He says, I give it to you more abundantly. More than we could ever imagine. More than we could ever imagine. It's so hard sometimes to change our thinking. It's hard sometimes to change our thinking. Sometimes maybe we need to be like the disciples and pray that the eyes of understanding be opened. Lord, show me. Help me to see. And then, Lord, when I see it, help me to believe it. And then when I believe it, help me to do it. You know, I can see things and still not believe it. I can believe things and still not do it. There's there's some big steps there. There's some big steps. You know, I can believe all kinds of things about God. I can believe he is, and I can believe all kinds of stuff. But do I do it? Am I willing to take steps? Am I willing to live it? Am I willing to understand that if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, then when I go places, it's going to make a difference. It's going to change things because We're the salt of the earth. It's going to change things and change things for the better. Instead of sometimes letting the world change us, we need to be the salt of the earth and change the world. A lot of times I see that I think the church has been changed by the world. We've been changed by the world. We've we've taken in things of the world. Sometimes I believe we're to a place where we think, well, that's pretty radical because the world's so into the church that now if we do things that God would have us to do, it almost looks like wrong. Almost looks wrong. You know, we've we've kind of we've been taken in. We, we haven't been the salt of the earth. We aren't willing to stand up and say, look, this is the way God does it. This is the way God sees it. This is what the Bible says. This is true. Because I believe the same Spirit raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me, dwells in me and dwells in you. One of the places where this becomes really evident, the Bible says that the last enemy, the last enemy is death. Now this is, this is again, I just want to share my thoughts. As you go through life, and you deal with things. You deal with trouble. You deal with stuff that comes against you. You deal with problems. They all seem like enemies, and you kind of work your way through them sometimes. And, and I believe underlying most everything is death. A lot of the underlying issue is death. A lot of the issue about getting sick is I don't want to get sick because if I think long enough, I might think that getting sick leads to death. Interestingly, I heard a man, and I, but I did hear a man on the radio the other day, and he was talking about the future, and he wrote a book, which, you know, anybody can write a book, but he wrote a book. And his theory was, it's a theory, but his thing was probably in another 20, 30 years we'll probably be almost living forever here on this earth, that we're going to cure cancer, and we're going to cure heart disease, and we're going to cure diabetes. And he had about, I think, getting one other one. And we're going to cure those things so that we can live probably close to forever. He wasn't, he was a little, he didn't quite say forever, but he seemed to indicate that. So he says what we need to do is change our thinking that we won't retire. He says you're going to live about or you're going to work about 30 years and you'll quit one job and take a little break, three or four years sabbatical, and then you'll retrain and get another job. Now, I don't know if that sounds great or not, but, you know, um, that was his, as he's talking about that. And as I thought about what he was saying was, I thought, what's the big issue here? I believe maybe, and I can't speak for him, but maybe the issue was, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I believe the last enemy is death. And I believe we all deal with that at some point in time. At some point in time, we deal with the fact that we're not immortal. We're not going to stay on this earth forever in this body. There is a thing called death. The Bible says the last enemy is death. And I believe we come to that point and deal with that enemy either at death or you can deal with it now you can deal with it now and here's how you deal with it now you realize what God has said about death what does Easter mean today what does Easter mean about death I want to read for you from 1st Corinthians the 15th chapter beginning at the 50th verse it says now I tell you this brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God your body your flesh, your blood, your, this existence is not going to inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. I'll tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall all be changed. Because this corruptible, this sinful nature, this this human sinful corruptible thing must put on incorruption and this mortal this mortal being that lives on this earth a period of time will put on immortality then will be brought to pass the saying is written death is swallowed up in victory O death where is your sting O Hades where is your victory the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. So for the Christian, we come today, we remember that Jesus died and he rose again and he was victorious over death. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me when I accept what he has done. The Bible says this Corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. This sinful man must be born again. We must put on Christ. We must allow his spirit to live within us. And when that happens, then we say, oh, death, where's your victory? Because it's defeated. It's defeated. The last enemy is death. Christ defeated death. And because that same spirit lives in me, now I can live victorious. I can live victorious. It's okay to live victorious lives because Jesus paid the price for it. If he'd have just died, he'd have been no different than you and me. You know, you could put, people go to the cross still. The people, are, people, have been, people have been martyred for hundreds of years, but only one rose from the dead that gives us victory, that gives us victory. So I just pray, as we remember what Jesus did, that we also allow that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead to live within us. Mary Lee's gonna come, and Mary Lee's gonna close now. She's gonna close with a song forever. And as she sings, just, just meditate and think about, think about what the Lord has done. And think about not just what he's done, but that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead wants to dwell within us. And allow him, allow him. If we ask, he will give. It says if we ask for the Holy Spirit, he will give it to us. If we ask, ask him to forgive our sins, he will forgive us. He's not going to hold back. He wants to do that. So I just pray as Mary Lee shares that we might just think about all that he's done.